Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Hi there, I'm Leslie Pearson. And today we're going to be talking all about how sellers should react to a changing market. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey everyone, I hope you are having a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, We're going to talk today about sort of the changing market that we're starting to experience and how sellers and I guess buyers to some degree should react to that. Um, So yeah, what are you finding out there, Leslie? What's going on? Well, I think we've, um, it's uh, unusual times. I think we've had uh, certainly, you know, almost exclusively since we've been in real estate, um, we've had a consistently growing and crazy and frenzied market. And particularly in the last, you know, two years since COVID, it's been quite shocking how strong it's been. And I think for the first time since COVID, um, I'm seeing that the frenzy has disappeared Mm -hmm. virtually. So the frenzy. So Mm -hmm. starting to see indications of a changing market and indications uh, that I'm referring to are things like, you know, houses not selling on offer date when they've chosen chosen a strategy to have an offer date. Um, Days on market extending. um, Price changes. Um, those kinds of things, you know, we wouldn't have seen even a month ago, I think. Mm-hmm. I think the month of March has changed. I don't know what's caused it. I can't figure it out. But I, I see a little bit of a difference. Now, you know, it's not across the board and it's not doom and gloom. It's just not the same. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, there's been a couple, like I've been in some multiple offers mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks. I had one sale on a condo in like around Young and Shepherd, that one got three offers and that seems about right for the place. Um, There was another one though I was involved in in Scarborough that only got three offers. Now they ended up doing well, but it was much less than I think they would have had maybe a month ago. And then the one I sold in Scarborough last week was busy. But then there's been all of these other properties Mm -hmm. that you're just like you're referring to where they're just not selling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, A lot of relists, a lot of relists. So, um, you know, as I think if you pay attention and you're listening to our podcast, you're paying attention to the market. You know, mostly people are still doing a what we call a holdback strategy, listed low. You have an offer date, offer date comes, you take offers, you take the best. So what we're seeing right now, for whatever reason, is that those properties are not selling on that night. Either they don't get any offers or they don't get what they like. And then they relist for generally higher, you know, for what the property's worth. And then they sit until they sell. And, um, and that's always interesting because you do tend to end up sometimes with a lot of overpriced properties on the market that way because people are dealing in what they were dealing in a month ago. Yeah, their expectations haven't changed mm-hmm. to reflect changing circumstances. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, and so that's what we're seeing. So the day after offer day, you often see either uh, them coming out as a, a new listing at the higher price or a price change. More often as a new listing at a higher price, and, and the higher price, they said, is is where they determine its value to be or, or above, as you say. Yeah. And uh, the problem with that, as you say, is that um, setting that price is hard mm -hmm. when you work with those kind of sellers because... You know, they had expectations mm -hmm. that may not be realistic right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think I agree with you. Certainly it's not doom and gloom. However, I think it it's time to kind of look at other options and other strategies for sellers, maybe for buyers to some degree too. Um, but for sellers really to think about, you know, how do we approach this changing market? maybe with respect to timing, maybe with respect to pricing strategy. Um, you know, one of the things I've noticed in particular is that there's been a lot of properties that I've seen that just got thrown on the market without any staging or any prep. Those aren't selling at all. Where, where they used to maybe. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. So uh, maybe that's the best place to start, I think, is that, you know, from a seller standpoint, the number one thing that I think that you need to be focused on right now is making sure your place stands above the rest. Right. So you're going to be um, in more competition than you might have been otherwise. So you're right. Yours has to um, look, be the one of choice. If everything isn't automatically selling, you want yours to be the one that sells. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, some of the recommendations we have for doing that are, you know, number one, making sure you declutter. Yeah. You know, make sure you get all your crap out of there. I cannot believe, I mean, I saw a place last week in a very competitive market, the day of their offers, it was such a mess. I couldn't believe it was yeah. dirty. It smelled. Yeah, I don't understand that. The crap in the place was so, just... You know, I always think in those situations, maybe they just weren't sincere in selling. That, is that a case of just throwing on the market to see what happens? But, yeah, I think they were just comfortable. They yeah. were comfortable in what was happening before. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, if you are a serious seller and you really want to unload your property, you got to make sure it's looking the best it can. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we look to try and find the solution or the, you know, the way to accommodate accommodate this change, we have to kind of think of what cause is causing it in the first place. And I think that, you know, uh, you know, there, we don't know and there may be several factors, but one strong one might be that ever since almost like March break, I guess. Yeah. Um or maybe even a little bit earlier than that, um, the number of houses available for sale has just gone through the roof. Through the roof. So people yeah. are seeing more. And I think the buyers, my sense is that the buyers are still there. Yeah. I don't sense that they've backed away. Um, but there's just so much more on the market now that yeah. when you're not the only game in town, you have to be the best game in you town. You have to be the best game in so, town. So, yeah, decluttering. I mean, people are limited. Uh, it's interesting when buyers look at houses you know, they, you have to be able to show your property to its best in terms of function, how the space can be used. Also depersonalizing it. People have a hard time going in and seeing too specific or personal kind of uh, layout or accessories. Furniture, or accessories. Pictures, because they, yeah. they then envision it as your house still, not mm -hmm. theirs. Mm -hmm. So I believe, yeah, decluttering, depersonalizing, cleaning. Yeah, that's basic. Cleaning, yeah. yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. 
And keeping it smelling fresh. I know we've talked about that before, but that's a big one for me. Yeah. You know, you walk in and it smells like food or... Yeah. Open the windows a little bit beforehand. Yeah. Freshen it up. You know, don't cook some heavy smelling meal the night before showings or, or the day of, you know, it's just... Yeah. It's just not the best. It doesn't present itself well and those little tiny details really do affect yeah how how and i think in cleaning a big what one that has a huge impact on me is window cleaning yeah i think that's huge it is especially after we come out of a winter yes uh, spend a bit of money on windows yeah don't forget them and unfortunately if you live in in a high-rise building we know it's tough but do what you can right but yeah very good points so uh you know staging is the other one you know you have to have it's staged. I had a great conversation with a couple this morning who were thinking about buying or selling, I should say. And they're like, oh, you know, the story he told me was that, well, my wife's really talented at staging our place, he called it. But, you know, so I don't think we need to have much staging. Um, and I haven't seen it, so I can't say that's not true. But I will say that everyone feels that way. And a house should be staged to be neutral. It's not whether a person has good taste or bad taste. The whole idea of staging is that it affects or it appeals to everybody. And it's simple and clean and classic. And most 99.9% of houses I walk into that are staged are not my taste. But I appreciate how lovely and pretty they look. And and stagers do a good job of making the space seem like you could have your things in there. And that's the Mm -hmm. whole key. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between, and I always talk with clients about this, a difference between designing, designing for living, yeah. and designing for selling, and that's called staging. You, you wouldn't make the same choices if you, were tr- if you weren't listing it. That's right. And she probably has great style and taste, but it's different, mm-hmm. and stagers understand the psychology of the buyer and um, functionality and you know, flow, even and things flow. like flow, yeah. you know, that we, yeah. we just kind of live with. Yeah, and you know, even when I have those clients that say that, and that I go and see the house, and in fact, they're right. There's always a gem of something in terms of moving something around or putting an art. Did you ever think of putting it there? And you, you look at it and go, wow, right. Right, exactly. <laughs> Always. There's yeah. never a time that doesn't happen. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that's really important. And right now, more than ever, you know, make sure you're having the house staged by a professional and at least, at the very least, have a professional consultation so that somebody who knows what they're doing can tell you what to do and listen to them and do what they're telling you to do. This is their job. And believe me, it makes a huge difference. I remember way, way, way back when I before I had my real estate license and I had a house for sale and it was kind of before the day we didn't call it staging that we called it fluffing oh yeah mm-hmm. remember that mm-hmm. and then I put this house in the market and it wouldn't sell and I thought it was you know I'm a minimalist my house is clean I thought it was great like why wouldn't anyone buy this house and my realtor at the time said you need to have it fluffed mm-hmm. and I said fluff that's ridiculous like what's a fluffer gonna do she said, just let me try it right like we'll pay someone to come in well this woman I don't know what the hell she did she just moved around a few pieces she didn't remove anything she turned my sunroom into a room she added some pillows and and moved furniture around and it sold immediately mm-hmm. and, and then I was convinced mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I had a similar thing about a rug 
<laughs> when I was selling uh, a previous house and um, uh, it was perfect and the real estate agent uh, understood what I was going to do on my own and agreed with it um, and then she came in to see it just before we were doing photos and she just rubbed her chin and said that rug that will make the difference between not selling and selling <laughs> and like I wouldn't have thought of that no it was an okay rug yeah um, now uh, so we got rid of it and, and that was the end of that and it's old so yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah, yeah I think you really you know you have to when you're selling take your head and personal feelings out of it yeah that's the other thing too like I sometimes when I do these consultations you can see that the seller is getting defensive yeah and maybe a little bit offended and you just can't you've no. decided to sell yeah design for selling is not designed for living it's exactly. nothing critical about your style or your taste yeah it's how can we best position this property to sell the best yeah and yeah. we and we always tell our sellers too you know we're going to tell you what you need to do or what you should be doing in order to get maximum impact for the sale, you know, and then you kind of do what you can. Um, mm -hmm. But this is what you should do. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully you can accomplish most of it. But we understand maybe not everything works, but it's very important to um, listen, to listen and pay attention. Right. Um, the other thing I'm going to say, and I know you agree, is fresh paint. In order yeah. to show well, I don't know why people don't want to spend the three or $4,000. Like, I understand it's money, but it it's crucial. Yeah. Almost every property I see now has just been painted. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that includes baseboards and ceilings. Mm -hmm. Everything should be painted. And Doors. Everything that I'm seeing is being painted white. Everything should be painted. In my opinion, yeah. everything should be painted white. And yeah. then you add color in with art. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're going to paint, don't repaint with the dark gray or, you know. Again, you're not painting gray. for your taste. Yeah. You're not painting for your furniture. Yeah. You're not going to be living there anymore. Right. So it doesn't matter that you love pewter. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or purple or red. <laughs> oh, God. Or all three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Paint it white. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay, so that's kind of the number one thing, I think, in this new market that you need to make sure that you're doing, making sure it looks as good as it can. The other thing I would say is, um, I think as we've always recommended, do a pre-listing home inspection. So yes. that if there are any little repairs, minor repairs or tweaks you need to do, you can do them before right. you go to market. And at least address them. Yeah. Um, and here's a here's my little if anybody's listening who's a realtor out there and anywhere else but Toronto. So if you if you are a realtor in Peel or Durham, <laughs> why do you not do them? Yeah, I know. I don't know. I had someone call me because I, ha I have that sale in Oshawa right now, um, and and a realtor called me who wasn't even interested in seeing the house just to thank me for doing the home inspection. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, they historically haven't done them, and you know their market experience in the last couple of years hasn't changed their practice. I don't get it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean, no. how do you want to facilitate, you know, firm offers, firm offers, yeah. and you know disclosure and full information it's not possible yeah um but you know there's so many advantages of doing a pre-listing home inspection when you're a seller because it lets gives you a chance to see if there was something you didn't know like you want to be as fully informed you don't want to surprise after it's closed yeah or, and, but it also gives you negotiating strength because yes. you know someone could come back and say you know our offer is this because of this right and you could say well we know that yeah. And that's why we priced it at this. Mm -hmm. So get, do better, buddy. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, and that's the other thing. I think you've got to really recognize that there's just not the window now for 
oh, well, someone can do it themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. people need to have everything handed to them on a silver platter in order for them to choose yours over another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, people should be doing them anyway. I just mm-hmm. don't – for the five $600 it costs, I don't understand why you wouldn't do it. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, good. So, so stand, stand separate from the pack. Yeah, stand separate. Um, so that's one thing sellers have to do. They have to also maybe have to readjust their – pricing strategy and their sale price expectations. Yeah, let's talk about pricing. I think that's really important. Um, You know, here's a a tip for all of you that we find. If you want to have multiple offers and you are intending to get more than one offer on offer day, you have to price low enough that it's going to attract people. So one of the things that I'm seeing is that sellers are pricing it too high and they want to have an offer presentation and they want to get multiple offers, but they've priced it too high to do that. So, for example, if the property you think is worth 1.5, don't price it at 1.4. You know, price it at 1.2. Something low enough that it's going to bring people in and drive the price higher. That is probably more so now than ever. Mm-hmm. It has to be low, mm-hmm. really low in order to get people in. If it's just 100 or so off, it's, it's not going to work. It's, it won't do its job. Mm-hmm. And I understand for sellers it's scary, and a lot of them don't like to do price it that low, and they don't, they're afraid of what will happen. Um, but I think when you are in this much competition, again, you have to stand out. Yeah, and there are... Um there are kind of ex- expected or typical asking prices when you're doing that, that people, um, agents know what they mean. Like you often see at a certain price point, six ninety nine or eight ninety nine, then you see nine ninety nine, and then you see one two nine nine, and then one four nine nine, and um, you know, to some extent, I think it's. You know, you you have to do what's expect what the, what is the expectation where you're listing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I I'm always I'm in in the um, pool of people who like you know listing so low um, bothers me. Yes, it really does. Yeah, it seems fraudulent to it does. me. Yeah. Um, but our um, mandate is to do the best work for the seller and often that is the best course yeah. of action mm-hmm. and I always have to remind myself of that and um, and and you know show you know justify that decision um, and I always keep in mind too I don't know how you feel about this Janelle but if you try that strategy and it doesn't work mm-hmm. there's no stigma anymore I don't think to that no there isn't if you try it and on offer day you either get no offers or you're not happy with anything you get you can change your price you can change direction and there is no negative no you've at least done what you thought was the best course of action to try that's right and I mean you, you you don't often see the other direction where they list at, at or above market value and then drop it. You don't right. often see that, but no. you um, often see the opposite, and people and agents understand that. Yeah, they do. And I think right now, as we're heading into a different type of market where we've got more inventory and more competition, if you are going to do that and you have to relist, make sure you've got the a good realist price. Mm-hmm. Um, I just fell victim to this, and and our realist price was too high, and we didn't get, 
you know, any action and had to drop it. And that was a huge mistake. And I, and I, this is kind of as the market was switching and I sort of got caught in it a little bit and it was like, oh, I think we've listed too high. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. Like you have to, again, if it's worth 1.5 and you listed it at 1.4 and you didn't get what you wanted, well, don't then just go back and realist at 1.6. It just, it'll backfire mm-hmm. more now than ever before. Right. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So pricing is really important. Um, making sure that, you know, again, you're standing, standing out from the crowd is, is really mm-hmm. important. And that mm-hmm. includes pricing for sure. And then related to pricing, make sure you're getting uh, the information and the data from your agent to keep on top of what's happening in your marketplace. If things are different selling for different prices than they were in January. Your agent should know that, mm-hmm. and your expectations should reflect that change. Yeah. And um, if you're sincere in selling, you have to adjust. Yeah. And, uh, and, and move on the fly. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's a good point, too, I think, is just being a little more open-minded because yeah. our expectations, as yeah. you were saying in the beginning, yeah. having expectations for sale price. Yeah, I mean, the one five doors down that sold in January... Interesting to know, but maybe irrelevant. Maybe irrelevant. We're, we're at the end of March now. Yeah. And this is what's happened since then. Right. And things mm-hmm. are, I would say right now, changing day by day. Mm-hmm. We could have this conversation a week from now and things are crazy again. Uh, but as we sit here today, this is what we're experiencing. Right. And so you have to ebb and flow with what the market's telling you, mm-hmm. for sure. At least until we get rid of some of this inventory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Okay, yeah, so that was uh, the second thing we really wanted to talk about, pricing strategy, making sure that your you know expectations are in line with what's happening today. Um, and then, you know, just a little bit of a word about how buyers should be approaching this new market. Um, I think, you know, as a buyer, you right now might be tempted to wait it out to see what happens. Our price is going to go down. Oh, and we should mention prices really haven't gone down yet. They've yeah, just that's why there's no flattened. doom and gloom. It's yeah, just, there's no doom it's, and gloom. It's, it's just a, a different bit of a strategy. Lull. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit of a lull. Yeah. Um, but from a buyer standpoint, I I do wonder, you know, how many of them are just going to hold off to see how things go. Um, that's a dangerous place to be. Right. The number one thing I see in people, in, a, in buyers in a changing market like this, is they believe that this change means they can, you know, get a steal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not the case. Exactly. So just because a seller doesn't get, you know, a place doesn't sell on offer date does not mean you can turn around and sell at or below that asking price the next day. It's exactly. It's not, not going to happen. That's right. Um, so, the you know... The sellers and their agents know the marketplace. They know, and your agent as well, knows the value of any property you're looking at. And just because the offer day strategy didn't happen, you're not going to get a deal. There are expectations of what the, about what the place is worth, and that's what you're going to pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, does this change how you feel about whether a client should be buying or selling first? Um, I, in some parts of the GTA, I now would be selling first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think I would. Yeah. I think that um, we're seeing a little bit of uh, you know, the changes we've talked about. It would make me nervous about buying something, more nervous about buying than the the risk of not. Yeah. What yeah. about you? Yeah, same. Yeah. I have always kind of been on that side, though, yeah. to be honest. I, I've always been more comfortable selling first. Yeah. I just feel 
like people should know what they're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, either ch choice to sell first or to buy first comes with risk. Yeah. And I guess everybody is different. It depends on what risk you're willing to bear. If you sell, buy first and then not sell, your, your risk is the market and mm -hmm. what you, you don't know what money you're going to have to work with. Mm -hmm. And if that's going to keep you up at night, if that's not possible in your financial situation, you can't do it. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if you have a, you know, a lot of kids, a young family and you know, the options are scarce and you don't know where you're going to go. Yeah. You might, you know, and depending on your financial situation, that might be a real something that keeps you up at night. Mm -hmm. But even then, worst case scenario, I, you know, you can always rent. Yeah. You so. can always rent even if you just have to get an Airbnb yeah. for a couple months yeah. and put your stuff yeah. in storage. Yeah. I come down on the side in this kind of transition market of selling first because of that. Yeah. There's a backup with one of the mm -hmm. risks. Um, choices and there isn't yeah. the other right and I, mm -hmm. that's what I usually say to my clients is that the worst case scenario for selling first mm -hmm. is that you can't find anything and you have to rent your right. stuff in storage the worst case scenario for buying first is that you own two houses because yours doesn't sell right. and most people couldn't I'll live take in option that a yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure yeah um, because you know we all have heard the horror stories about how hard it is to get places and bidding war after bidding war and right but i i don't have that experience generally so for me i feel like i don't worry about that i'm right. not worried about finding you a place we can we can take care of that it's the yeah i agree yeah mm -hmm. it's just a bit, bit of a weird market for mm -hmm. like you said transition market mm -hmm. for selling but again yeah in an answer to your question if i were a buyer now um why would you put off right now is a better time than ever. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't put off. No, I wouldn't either because I wouldn't also wouldn't trust that it's yeah. going to keep up like this right. for long. Right. Yeah. It, because it hasn't in the last 20 years. That's right. There have been periods where it's leveled off. I can really only think of a three-month period between 2008 and 2009. But, you know, that's, you know, historically hasn't happened and doesn't look like it's going to happen here. So I see no reason to put off. That's right. Mm -hmm. Also, I do feel like I'm looking just at today, for example, of what's come on the market so far today as we sit here at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. There's a less inventory on the market today. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So that's interesting. So, you know, in right. Durham region, for example, we've only got 23 new listings so far. Well, on Friday at this yeah. point, there was about 80. Yeah. In the, you know, at the beginning of the day. So that's, that's, yeah. okay. Jumping back a little bit then, mm -hmm. would you recommend to sellers to hold off now then? I, if you weren't in a huge, I don't know. I'm, a, I have probably just like a little concern that this will continue for a while. So I don't think I would recommend that they hold off. Mm -hmm. You know, just with future interest rates coming things is it possible that more people will be putting houses on the market and we're going to keep flooded? I don't know. I, I'd have to answer that pro question probably in a week or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. What about you? It's a hard one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, I think we, uh, we only can act on what we know and we don't know what the future is going to hold. Uh, we only know what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. um, I think right now if you um, do everything that we've said, and uh, that there's no reason your place shouldn't sell and sell well yeah. right now. Right. So I would say there's no reason not to. Right. I if we're in huge competition, our house is going to be superior. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And priced better and marketed better. Absolutely. And if you're going to do all those, if you're going to do it right, 
there's no reason not to do it. If you're going to be, you know, using uh, maybe a discount service and taking pictures with your phone and doing nothing else, yeah, maybe now's not your time. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, anything else you think we should add? I think that's probably... I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well, you know, advice to everyone, just keep your eye eyes peeled, you know? Keep focused on what the market's doing before you make any decisions. Talk to your agent. Reach out to us. You know, make sure you're very informed as you're going forward on what is happening out there because what happened last week may not be what's happening today. Right. So, and you know, these are, this conversation has been all around kind of um, discretionary decisions. There are lifestyle events that, you know, require you to make these buying or selling Mm -hmm. decisions independent of the market. And we, you know, there's always, we can always, we always work around that. that, Yeah, for sure. Help you. Yeah. um, Despite what's going on in the market. Exactly. If it's the right time for you, it's the right time for you. Mm -hmm. That's an, you know, the basic answer is that. But, um, yeah. As always, um, just be informed and educated and uh, work your hardest. Yes. Or work with someone who works their hardest right. for you. <laughs> or both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. Okay, guys, thanks again. Uh, feel free to reach out anytime to ask questions. We love to discuss everything that everyone's interested in hearing about. So in the meantime, also please make sure you're following us at our social media channels at the Janelle Cameron team. And uh, we will talk to you soon and we wish you happy real estate. Happy real estate, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from REMAX Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com, that's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com, or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.